This is the Modern CTO Podcast. Hey, Joel, how are you, man? Dude, your studio has a major upgrade. This looks unbelievable. <laughs> Crazy, right? So this, you know the story as to why I'm where I am or any of that? No, kind of share the story. So the story basically goes like this. Last week, my daughter, my youngest daughter, gave birth to our grandson. And so uh, my wife and I packed it up and headed to Las Vegas. It was before we had any of the... Uh, kind of stay in place kind of stuff in California. And so we've been hanging out with our uh, daughter and, and her husband, our son-in-law, and this happens to be his studio. What? Because he's a, he's a creative developer for a very large ad agency here in Las Vegas. So I get to hang out in the studio and come live with you from here, man. That is amazing. Wait, what does he do? Let's give him a shout out. Yeah. So uh, John Mediana, he's a, uh, he has a couple of podcasts that he does and He's also a creative developer and leader for R&R Partners, a super large agency in Vegas. If you know the slogan, what happens in Vegas? Stays in Vegas? Yeah, it's them. That's those guys. So. What? That's un yeah. they, That's like a globally recognized saying. Right, and brand, yeah. And so he happens to work the, uh, the account there that supports the Las Vegas uh, Visitors and Convention Authority and and uh, so he's out here in Vegas. We came out here to spend some time with our, our new grandson. So are you tracking studio time on a spreadsheet or have you gotten the LCD monitors outside? <laughs> got, it, got it all working outside. We're clocking it down right now. Got the on the air light going. So <laughs> <laughs> so a healthy, healthy new one though? Healthy new addition to yeah, the family? Super cute little guy. And yeah, mom and uh, baby and daddy are all doing well. So it's good. They're getting adjusted to, as I know you've, had to learn they're getting adjusted to what it what it's like to sleep two hours at a time so yeah we they're pretty good now but last night was a uh they were up a lot last night but yeah they're around like three and you know just turned one and it's yeah. uh yeah i'm really excited though right when when this whole thing happened you know because we were planning on being out there this week and i asked to talk to uh mike from telium but when this whole thing happened i was like you know what who should who should we have on to talk about this and i thought I really, really like your view on leadership in general, and I have a, a tremendous amount of respect for you. Well, and you, we're supposed to be, I was supposed to be out there uh, this past week anyway. So I was like, yeah. you know what, this would be a great way for us to connect and share. And I was actually looking at your past show notes, right before the call <laughs> about what we talked about. And we were talking about like cha managing change within teams and things like that. And I was like, wow, right now we're experiencing a lot of change. I just kind of want to hear from you. What are you experiencing? Yeah, so it's interesting. The the business that we're in, right, this whole collaboration, visual communications kind of tech business is uh, parts of it are down and other parts of it are exploding, as you can imagine. And so we, we've got, we're, we're living this life right now of helping our organization focus on those customers that are essential services. So Defense Department, Department of Energy, um, a lot of federal agencies, Homeland Security, all of that kind of stuff, as well as state and local government. A lot of our personnel are currently managing the emergency operations center. So they're on staff at the centers. They're supporting the press conferences, things like that. Um, so that's one part of our business. And then the other part of the business is just helping people today understand uh, 
uh, what it's going to be like to work from home. And uh, in a couple of examples kind of put in our head is I have a, you know, we are, we're talking to a teacher, let's say, and they're used to teaching from a front of a class and now they're teaching from the kitchen table. How do you get that done? How do you as an executive get, you know, all hands meetings put together and, you know, virtual town halls and because the demand in a situation like this for constant communication and really strong, steady leadership goes way high, as you know. So helping people communicate and connect with their people um, and their organization, that's really what it's about right now. Yeah, and I, I noticed that, you know, the most simple things still need to be said over. There's like almost right. some comfort to hearing those things over and over. I actually, this is kind of a side, but uh, I noticed that when I was going through people's marketing campaigns, when they use the same value prop over and over and over, that was, it made me feel more comfortable than clicking yeah, on exactly. one graphic with like one phrase and it'd be the same value prop, but phrased differently. But when the text all match, like there's like a sense yep. of comfort going through the sales channel. And I noticed the same thing is over here, the fluid of the consistent, like this is what we're, even if you're just stating what you're going to be doing, I noticed it's right. like tremendously helpful. Yeah. And, and, in, in, in these times there's comfort in just having conversation. There's really comfort in having that human connection, not just that worker connection. And so um, I had a, an all hands meeting I hosted um, on Friday um, with our VP of sales. And um, I explained to him my meetings today, my meetings all start with uh, two minutes of, so how's it going? And then just listening and reacting, right? Because a lot of people are very anxious and they're not used to being um, separated from the, you know, their coworkers or their family or whatever it is. And so just having a conversation. So how's it going and listening? It's surprising, right? Um, how much that helps. So how's sales doing? One thing I, I've heard, like the sales team, one thing I've heard a lot from different CTOs as we reached out is that their part of the organization tends to be doing pretty well because they're familiar with remote work or it's not something that's incredibly foreign. But we've also heard a lot of the CTOs or executives are being pulled over to help other parts of the company learn how to do remote well. Is that happening with you? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So not so much inside our, our organization because we consume this so much, it's our business. And so we live it and consume it so much, but certainly with our customers. And I'll say to you that, um, when we saw this start to develop um, a couple of weeks ago, AVI was hosting a pretty large tech conference in San Diego. And I sat down, happened to have all of my practice managers there. And I sat down with them and with our VP of sales, VP of marketing and said, um, so what do we think the demand on Monday from our customers is going to be? What do we think their pain points and problems they're, they're going to try and solve? And can we put together in a week um, some offers that we can take to market and prep our sellers so that they can go serve customers in their place of need? And uh, uh, really proud of the team. They went from that day to a week later. They, have, they had constructed four specific offers figured out how to put the marketing language together, figured out how to operationalize it so we could deliver it, figured out what our day two support model was going to be so that it could be sustained. And uh, 
and develop these um, offers to customers who are really trying to figure out how to survive and not just survive, but do well in this kind of environment. I haven't heard that like day two support offer. Can you tell me what that is? Yeah. So in our world, we look at it as day zero, which is kind of design and sales and customer engagement. Day one is what do we do to get the solution deployed, delivered, operational? And then day two is after it's operational, what do we do to create adoption? How do we make sure that it's um, continuing to constantly realign and uh, uh, align up against what the user's expectations are? Because as well as we design and we're pretty awesome at it, quote unquote, the point is, is that it never really satisfies all the user's expectations. And so day two is really around how do you maintain it, sustain it, optimize it, and really drive it to a place where it's easy to be used and, con and consumed. Yeah, because like, you know, in business, that's just something I guess we do over and over and over. It's like we had this vision for the product operating this way and the offer being interpreted right. this way. And no, it doesn't matter if you spend a month or eight months inside, the moment you put that out, you get this like crowd feedback and you have to revisit it and make adjustments and decide, okay, like what part of, how did the market respond? And then let's find the part of the market that we like the most, that works financially the most, that we want to spend the most time in. And then let's focus on that. Yeah. Can, can I give you an example of what that looks like for us yeah. like in this moment? Yeah. <clears throat> so one of the things we realized was that a lot of teachers are now going to have to deliver their curriculum and class daily lesson plan virtually. And so how do you do that? Do you do that like a stream over the internet? Do you use Facebook live? Do you do some sort of podcast? How do you, how do you get that done? And just the, the concept of actually creating a podcast or a stream for a teacher who's focused on teaching the Pythagorean theorem or is focused on us history or whatever it is, that concept is totally foreign. And so um, we, we came up with an offer and we, and we basically break it down into three segments. The first is there's a pain point that we have to meet and we got to flip a switch. Like today I'm, I am in need tomorrow. It's got to be operational. And that requires building a website, doing all sorts of branding and stuff on that, uh, defining how people are going to find it. How are your students going to interact? Do you need a password or not? the team was crazy good at it, figured out how to get it online in a day. And then the day two support is now that you're consuming it, how do we help you really figure out how to optimize it? So we said, here's what we're going to do to flip the switch. Here's what we're going to do two weeks from now to help you continue to kind of master the skill. And then what does it look like when you get back to your classroom? Do you abandon this? Do you integrate it now into your lesson plan? What do we want to do with it, right? And so that's kind of the idea that we're we're working with today. That is pretty interesting. I think a lot of people will be more open to like one day or like once a week or like, it, right. I, I think there's a large, we're kind of biased in the tech market because I mean, I've spent the majority of my 15 year career working remote. And, right. and so it's like just totally normal. But at the same time, I was watching my wife at the kitchen counter try to take her uh, biology class for being a, a veterinarian. And 
the guy was like stumbling through. I could hear her listening to the class. He's like, just right. YouTube streamed it and then sent him a link. He's like, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I hope you guys can see the screen and hear where I'm going to try to teach this class because they have no need right. to, to, especially the teachers, they have, they have no experience in like joining a webinar or like doing right. these things because they're just in a classroom teaching. Right. All the things that you and I would take for granted or Jake would take for granted that you understand how to plug in a mic or what to do with lighting or, you know, all of that kind of stuff or not, maybe even nothing that sophisticated, just the idea of connecting to a stream. And, and one of the things we, we really encourage is when we do our design, we just start backwards. We start with how do you want, what's the user look like and how do you want them to consume it? And then you work back to how you create the stream. But intuitively we want to start with the stream and we forget all the other stuff that you have to do to make it actually functional. Right. Since we're talking about product development and leadership, I might as well give you an update on leader bits. <laughs> yeah, man, hit it. <laughs> so, Love we, it. so we were definitely wrong at first, right? Like we, we, we had this idea, well, I guess it's like the product thing we were just talking about. It's not necessarily wrong. We had this envision that, okay, we're going to put this out and people are going to want to constantly improve every week. And we got early feedback and we sold licenses and it worked and we were generating revenue. But then after the first year came, right, when like it came time to do business again, right there, it was problematic because we found out that the way that they're purchasing these products is they'll purchase a workshop but it's from like character a with methodology a and then the next year they'll get a different character b and methodology so, so it's not this like persistent they don't stick with the same provider over and over and over right and so we noticed that and we noticed how people consume it too people go on these waves of like wanting to improve and not wanting to improve so what we did was we we took a step back we looked at our like best customers, who's having the most success. Cause we've had like, some people have ridiculous amounts of success and then they're really positive on what it is. And then we look at their data and we see their usage patterns and we ask them, you know, like, how is this being delivered internally and what's it used for? And so the result of everything was that we found that we're really good at saying like, here are the values and principles of what it means to be a manager here or a director here. And then we're like essentially the training program for that. Right. So you get new people promoted, like they're a first time manager, and then they, they'll go through like the AVI leadership program. And that is a series of right. like a six weeks of challenges. And then then they have the option to like continue with maintenance. Right. And then they'll get like one challenge a month, you know. And so you still get that continuous aspect, but the ask is different. It's a, It didn't really change our product features right. at all or engineering. It's just how we packaged it. Yeah, it changes the way that you align it to the customer's expectation. Because quite honestly, um, I mean, just even as a consumer of your, of your product or your offer on my own, as I consume it, I change. Yeah. And therefore the need that I have changes. And, and that's actually the way that you want it, right? But if there's not a way to really identify that as it's happening, there, there could be a gap that's created as a result of that, right? A little bit of technical debt will creep in because it's not actually delivering on what you expect it to deliver on. Yeah, it's interesting how it's like this this life and this business and all these things that we're doing, they're, it, it's like this fluid movement of life and you can't like really hack it. Like you can, right. you just have to put in the work, listen, and then continuously monitor it and, and bring value and there's there's no other way around yeah. it like that's it yeah. that's all you can do yeah that's exactly right
That's actually the fun part to me. It is. Well, that's the beautiful part is once you get used to doing that and you get to see the reaction in your customers and like, oh, this is amazing. Now I can, uh, you know, take this off of my plate. Uh, and then it was interesting because like our innovations still carried over. Like we made a bunch of different, because I remember when we talked, uh, when we were going through like our sales process, you had some of like, you went through it in a very relaxed, methodical way and you really made us, us think. And uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and some of your assumptions were like definitely right. And it's just been like doing this together, like figuring out like how it works to get that, that for me, I never thought business was like this. I was always the engineer with like, oh, achieve this outcome. And I would achieve it in the business. My business partners would be the ones interfacing with the customers and they would come back and give me information. So to be on this other side, I'm like, this is a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I'm super encouraged by that because I think the companies that thrive are those uh, that don't just create something new but understand how to connect it to people. And if you can connect it to people, then it's consumed. And if it's consumed, then it's great, right? That's the big deal there. Yeah, the other one that I learned that was very true that you just reminded me of is uh, people don't buy what they need, they buy what they want. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a tough one when you're super pumped about your product and you're like, I know if they just you're like, but they, you really have to, mer they're like two different worlds and you kind of have to bring them together. And, and I, for me, I, I guess it's just awareness of my uh, growth in business and realizing that like, it's totally worth the work. Like it just is, you just keep unlocking yeah. these new areas. And then I'm, I'm just blessed to be around people like you. And then I was talking with uh, Mike from Telium and I didn't know you guys knew each other, but he was he's yeah. like, he's like, Brad's awesome. I was like, <laughs> Oh, dude, this is great. <laughs> this is really great. So after my podcast with you, my first one with you, I reached out to him because I listened to his. That was at your recommendation. I listened to his and I reached out to him. And yeah, we've been we've been connecting online. So have you get have you got to meet him in person yet? Because you guys are close. Not yet. Yeah, we're super close to each other. I haven't just because I've been so busy on the road and and uh, just working with customers so much. How how are your new offices? The new office is killer. It's such a different space. Um, and again, the space is designed to connect people together and to really reinforce collaboration. And the result of that is that it's just really got a good vibe to it. It's got a lot of energy to it and very inviting. We, we'll find that, that customers and vendors will come to the office just to get a cup of coffee and get out the laptop and do some work. And I'll walk out in the lobby and people are kind of, the lobby is a big kitchen now, right? And like a family table and uh, people are hanging out there and I'm just like, wow, didn't know you were coming in for a meeting today. Oh, I'm not. I just came in because I wanted to hang out and just work here. So Dude, that's we're pretty happy cool. to have them. Yeah. yeah. Happy to have them. So We've got a lot of different levels of CTOs, a lot of different levels of engineering managers, things like that. And one of the one of the things that Fabiana was talking uh, with us about this morning is like mindset and how do you stay positive when like the media that you're consuming is mostly negative. And so I was just hoping for some words of wisdom on that. Yeah. So um, 
so I, I guess I would share a couple of things. So first, I'll share a little bit about me personal, and then I'll share how that applies to the workplace or my role as CTO. So as, as somebody who is a is a man of faith, I realize that there's certain things that I can do to influence the outcome. And then there's certain things that I can't do to influence the outcome. And so I try and and apply my energy to the things that can that I can influence and um, trust for the things that I can't influence. And by doing that, it gives me the capacity to actually apply my energy towards those things that I can really make a change or influence on. Otherwise, I'll waste all sorts of time um, applying energy against things that I can't actually affect an outcome with. So that, that's the first thing, and I think that comes from my faith. The second thing I'd, I'd share with you is that I'm, I'm really reinforcing to our team that, that so many people are, are waiting for something to happen. Tell, tell me what's going to happen next. What if this happens next? And I'm really encouraging us uh, as a company to not wait till something happens, but to go make something happen. And because we're so connected to essential services and we're so connected to how organizations communicate, there's always, always, always a need for that. So let's go help customers make something happen on their own. And so we, we sat down and defined um, four very specific customer personas, actually up to six customer personas that we think are in a place of need at this moment in time. And we mobilized the sales force not to go get deals done, but to go help people. And as a result of that, some of the ways we're going to help people, we're not going to make any money on. It's going to be free licenses, free cloud services. You know, we'll, we'll turn it up for you for free. We're absolutely okay with that. And other um, offers that we have, that we're, there's an opportunity for us to help somebody and make some money in the meantime. But it's really focused on what can we do to make something happen. I don't know. Is that kind of where you're headed? I with love it? it. No, I love it. And and by the way, like, I, you know, when you generate revenue, that gives you more resources to then continue to help other people. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and so one of the things that we realize is that, you know, it, this is going, eventually there's going to be another side to this and we're going to need an economy to help us get through it. And so whatever we can do to drive that economy in the current stage and in the future state is going to be super helpful to all of us because that's, that's how we as a community work together. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, no, I love it. You're giving me ideas. Like we should make a, like, like a remote leadership or something from like the best of. You're absolutely right. And push that out there for people. Yeah. Cause I think a lot of leaders, a lot of leaders kind of um, view their ability to lead based upon what resources they have at hand. And I don't, I, I know that that's true, but that's not the whole story. Their, our ability to lead is based upon how well we can influence others. And, and sometimes that's just having a conversation and listening to people. Sometimes it's providing some encouragement and a little bit of empathy. And other times it's really around this idea of, you know, here's a specific resource I have in my hands that I can apply to help you. And um, a lot of, a lot of leaders are struggling with, how to stay positive and, and deliver a positive message. But I think that's, I think it's something that we can do if we, if we really commit to doing it. I like that. No, we should make, we'll, we'll make like a special, special course and do uh, just think off the top of my head, do like some remote yeah. leadership with some staying positive, you know, 
maybe yeah. throw, throw in some outcome-based approach in there too, like how you guys sure. did. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, we could probably push that out to, to a lot of people and, and then just be like, yeah, the coaching part costs money, but we have the videos, yeah. we have the platform and we could help with like a small course. I guess that's, that's the thing I was really looking at doing. I was getting all these emails from all the CEOs, but you know, oh, make sure to wash your hands and we're here to in your thoughts. And I'm like, sure. What can I do? And that's what prompted this, you know, these special podcasts. I was like, what, what could we do? That's not a, Hey, we're thinking about you, wash your hands, email. Um, and I was like, okay, well we bring value through getting experts who we respect on the show to, to share what they're going through. So let's definitely do that. And then now you just came up with, uh, that I inspired that idea. So we're going to come up with something to, like that. I think it'd be good. Yeah. I'd love to participate in that. And um, yeah, it, it, at this point in time, I don't think there's any shortage of need to lead. And if all we're doing is waiting for somebody else to make a decision so that I can react to it, and that, that's not leadership in good times or in bad. And so trying to define, trying to define what we can do so that others can react to it. I think that's, you know, that's the basis of leadership in times like this. No, I love it. And you bring up a good point. So like when that shakeup happens, like even if you're the one to normally lead, you get, it's like getting caught, it's like getting caught off guard in a, in a match or something. Right. Like you, you right. have to take a step back and then you get caught up in this chaos of like watching news cycles. Like, wait, I'm not the type of person that watches the news like this. I'm not right. the type of person that freaks out. I'm the type of person that analyzes, assess, and then takes action on a situation and then moves everything forward. But it, it sometimes you just need a little tap on the shoulder be like, hey, re remember who you are. Right. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. Boom. I love it. Brad, you're, you are the best. I, I always, get, <laughs> I always get so energized when I talk with you. Well, you're very kind. Thanks, Joel. <sighs> this is great. Anything else that we didn't, uh, that we didn't cover here? Um, I would say the other thing is, is that because there's a lot of anxiety that everybody's feeling right now, um, that it's a good time to apply a double dose of grace, just being, being considerate and kind with people and, uh, you know, maybe not responding to what they say, but responding to what they mean and kind of getting past the snarkiness that people will sometimes exhibit just because, you know, their bucket is full and they're, and they've got a lot of anxiety. And so they're not maybe being as thoughtful about how they should communicate. So a lot of, I'm just reinforcing with our team, just a lot of grace and that goes a long ways. No, you're right. A lot of people, they will want to be heard, but they're not exactly sure what to say, but they want that right. communication. Um, and, and again, like we're human, right? Yes. We, we aren't prepared to handle situations that come out of nowhere all the time and definitely perfectly, right? Like we're just, yep. we do the best we can and then move forward one step at a time. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad to talk with you. It sounds like you're doing well. Family's doing well. It sounds like. You guys yeah. Are through okay. Yeah. Family's doing well. Uh, wife is still get, doing the vet school thing. Um, and she's, uh, she's growing a lot as an individual. Like we're growing a lot as a family. Uh, yeah. Aria is putting together three, three word sentences. So she's like, uh, Oh, there you go. <laughs> 
Yeah. The world will forever change now. I know. <laughs> now she's like, she's like, up, oh, please, Dada. And she like wants to get me out. She takes me over to the pantry or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I'll I'll tell you what, like that's a that's a a whole part of the world that is you know it's interesting. Like I used to uh, up until I didn't have kids until like 28, but up until then, I was sort of measuring life about like, okay, I'm here. I, I've this many users have used my technology, or I've made this much money, and like I was and I can just imagine the exponential like growth forward on that. I'm like right that's like one like storyline of existence but then this is like a different one and to have to have it going forward is actually it's it's painful difficult and rewarding like yeah. i think everything in life worth having is pretty difficult <laughs> yeah it, it, kids teach you a lot about yourself don't they so <laughs> yes and then you're forced to to, to decide what i'm going to do with what i just learned about myself <laughs> oh yeah oh you know you definitely have to um you realize that you can tell them nothing, they will just copy you. So then right. you have to look in the mirror and say, okay, if I want them to be good, I have to change my behavior because they don't right. use words, they just copy me. Right, that's exactly right. Yeah. Well, my friend, I, I would just encourage you also just to keep sending out messages of hope because people need it right at this moment, so. We're doing it and you're doing it. We're doing it together, Brad. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Be well. I'm glad to hear things are doing well. Thank you so much. Talk soon, yeah. Brad. Bye. Bye.